0: Bye-bye. Episode sixty one. Episode sixty one of the Scott Gibson Show. I am Scott Gibson. Who else would I fucking be? The episode is brought to you live from the uh, Scott Gibson Show uh, podcast HQ Studios, right here in Oldriche, our nation's capital. That nation being Scotland. That capital being Edinburgh, 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 Edinburgh. You guys from Edinburgh, Scotland. Ah, this podcast um started off with good intentions, now becoming an oral diary of my slowly decaying mental health. But still we continue. Episode 61, how are you? How are you? You know? Hey, listen. I'm going to ask you again, how are you? Now pause it. Pause pause the podcast. You know I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be here. How are you? Pause it and answer honestly. And you go, you know what, big man, I'm, 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 I'm no good. I'm no good, mate. I'm still, or, or, hey, I'm all right. Or, I'm great. Fan dabby dozy. Fan dabby dozy. How long will it be? How long will it be? Before the, the vast majority of us are able to say it confidently once, once again, with confidence from our soul. When someone asks, how are you, you can say, I'm fine. Fucking find dabby dozy. How long? How long? It's Christmas time. Does anyone feel Christmassy? Be honest with me. I feel about as Christmassy as a fucking fish supper. Um, I had a fish supper last night for my tea. Swamped last night. I the podcast is coming slightly late. Still on Wednesday. uh Most of you may have feasted upon it uh, earlier, the wee hours in the morning, but it's coming to you on the day of broadcast. Um, the last two days I've been mental with uh, trying to put together some bits and pieces for the the quiz that we're doing uh, tonight. Actually, Wednesday night, the the Christmas quiz. Uh, who knew that putting together uh, almost a hundred and ten slides uh, would take so long? Not I, but anyway, there we go. Um, there's a there's a there's a chippy in Edinburgh, right? What what I'm starting to realise it's been uh, to to know your enemy. Uh, you must first walk amongst your enemy. Uh, I don't know if that's a saying, but it should be. I, through work, through travel, um, you know, through through my, my life, uh, my former life as an, art, an artist, a man of art, if you will, um, I had on occasion brushed shoulders with the rich and famous. Uh, I, I have also on occasion moved uh, in the circle of wealth. I have been to some nice places. I have seen some nice things, but until you live in a in a in a city like Edinburgh, which is unique, there's no there's no city like it in Scotland. Um, not necessarily uh, for a positive way, in the sense that it is, yeah, nah, there's a there's a lot of money in this fucking town. Put it that way, right? And until you really mix within it. You, you you can never really understand the level of bullshit that goes with a certain level of wealth. Right. Now there's obviously different there's different layers of money um that exist in, in the world and exist in the country. There are people who come into money, uh often we're referred to as new money. We've spoke about this in the podcast before. And it may be people such as, you know, a modern day Franco and Sandra. A modern day Franco and Sandra, you know, young love, parents at seventeen Frankel gets his cell together at 22, gets his own van, starts his own uh, ele- elect- electricity, ele- electrical, f- he's, a, he's a spark, he starts his own sparky firm, and at the age of 26, uh, him and Sandra are millionaires, Rodney, right? So they moved to somewhere like would well, would they move to Edinburgh because it, you know, Edinburgh's no ready to welcome in that kind of money yet. They'd maybe move to Boswell, right? Perfect example, they would move to Boswell, a part of the country, Boswell and Oddingston, full of lovely people, but predominantly filled with modern-day Franco and Sanders, right? You then have old money, uh, whether it be aristocracy... Or whether it be a level of wealth that existed many years ago, possibly somebody's great-grandfather pushed a couple of people with a good tan onto a ship. I don't know. Maybe somebody's great-grandfather made suits for a certain Third Reich as they worked their way on a holiday uh, gap year across Europe. I don't know how your family got their money, but your family has money. Now, the the new money, that kind of Franco and Sandra, that I'm a Sparky, I own, you know, four car washes, doesn't really exist in Edinburgh because most of the big houses here are, you know, a million and a half plus, but it certainly exists on the the periphery, okay? And what I'm learning is this type of group, this kind of new money, people who think they're cool, trendy, fancy, wealthy, um they tend to talk up a lot of the places in Edinburgh. So you'll get a lot of bars. They're like, oh my God, this bar, this bar, this best bar to go to in Edinburgh. And they'll talk up restaurants or cafes or fucking nights and that kind of thing, right? And people who are easily swayed by these kind of things may pick up on it and go, in the name of God, this is the place to be. And then when someone with a bit of their own thinking, you know, who can see through this group, Attends one of these functions, uh, goes to one of their uh, recommended sites. Y- you quite realise a lot of it is style over substance. Many, many times, style over substance. I've spoke about the uh, the Pitt Street food market that's around the corner from where I live in Edinburgh. Uh, spoke about as if it is the uh, the mecca of street food across the globe. It's a solid 3 out of 10 on, its, on a good day. Uh, and and how I've gone down this road, I don't know. Because I got a chippy last night, so we got we got a chippy. I was uh, the the missus was was making tablet, believe it or not, tablet and biscuits um, for a hamper. She's putting together a hamper for Christmas, and uh, I was I was working late last night, so I says, look, no n- nobody can be asked cooking. We're not going to make dinner. Let's get a chippy because I need to keep working away. Long story short, chippy comes now. There is a, a fancy chippy in Edinburgh, and um, there's a couple of fancy chippies there, but this one was on the telly, Fred, that boy Fred, you know, the French guy, the French geezer, he appeared there, and uh, it's basically some ex-London chef, or ex-Michelin chef, uh, with connections to the chef underworld, you know, uh, decided to open a chippy, eh, why not, and uh, he's he's running some kind of fancy chippy, uh, I, I, I don't know what it's called, I'm going to Google it right now, I'm gonna get the name of the chippy so that we can actually call this chippy. Out. Because at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, it's uh, it's it's just it's just a chippy, you know. It's it's uh, it's not it's nothing fancy. It's nothing fancy. Um, what is the name of this fucking chip shop, man? It's called. Is it called the Fish Market? Is that, is that what it's called? Come on, Google. Fucking talk to me. Let's click on this. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It may be called the Fish Market. I think it is called the Fish Market. Let's just check the website. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It is. It's called the Fish Market. Uh, from the boat, straight to your table. Again, th- these things, you know, there's, there's a. Listen, I understand that that's a tagline and I understand that things like that are are designed to lure idiots in, you know. Listen, I want to go to the fish market, chip shop, because it's for the boat straight to your table. Now imagine, let's imagine for a second that was reality. Let's imagine for a second that that is actually what happened. The fish come straight from the boat to your table, to your table. yeah. But the worst fucking dining experience of your life? Two things. One, like most food things, when it comes to production of meat, I don't want f- good food. Is like a great magic trick. I don't want to see the mechanics, right? This isn't fucking standard grade maths. I I don't. You you don't get extra marks for your working. You know, see some of these old, old fashioned dishes with the, the flambé pancake at the side of your table, or the, the the French one where they take a duck and and debone it and then put all the bones inside that fucking press and squeeze all the juice out the bones and all the blood and then make a sauce with it. You're not getting this, no, 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 no way. If I'm having to sit through a carving, I want money off my off my dinner. Mum, if I'm having to stand. And and be part of the preparation process. I want money off my bill. A good meal, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. And you might be thinking, "Wait, wait, you, the right big man?" Yeah, a couple of things. One, it's my show. I'll say what the fuck I want. And two, I'm a fat person. I've eaten a lot of dinners. You know, if I'm if I'm going to take food advice off someone, I want to be a fat person. I want them to enjoy food, having eaten food good A good meal should be like a good magic trick. You know? You give them the order, that's the sleight of hand, and then fucking bish bash bosh, Robert's your father's brother, boom, a great meal's put in front of your Like, How the fuck did I do that? That's what I want. I want to take a mouthful of food, slam my cutlery down, shake my head put my hand to my fucking head and go, in the name of God, how the fuck did they make that? That should be the level of excellence that all chefs work towards. No Michelin stars, you know. No fucking rosettes. No write-ups in the paper. Every world-class chef should work towards a fat Glaswegian taking a mouthful of their food and proclaiming to the whole restaurant, how the fuck did they make that? That's what, that's what good food should be. So this from the boat straight to your table bullshit, you tell me you're going to sit down there, you know, again, let's play that through. You sit down, uh, we'll have uh, four four fish suppers, please, mate. And, and not, let me just say this as well. The way you know Edinburgh for for years, and I asked, make the joke, you know that uh, Edinburgh's no really Scotland, right? Uh, it's it's little London. It's it's more part of England than it is part of Scotland, right? It's like a, you know, you you hear these kind of weird little islands in the arsenal are nowhere, and, and like they all talk French, and uh, the, the the camera crew goes in the high street, and it looks like a Parisian market, and you're like, this was colonized by the French in fucking fourteen ten, and they've just kept it ever since. That's what England's like we Edinburgh, right? England colonised Edinburgh uh, without us knowing, and, and really, as soon as you pass Hart Hill, uh, you're making your way towards uh, Edinburgh, right? Uh, obviously, little England. Now, listen, don't get me wrong, right? Don't get me wrong. I love living here. It's a great city, right? I enjoy it. I enjoy living here. But you need to understand... I've, I've taken the blue pill and the red pill, Right? I, I am I am fully aware of the matrix, yet function within the matrix, if that makes sense to you. And the reason why there's no there's no dispute about it. You know, people who say Edinburgh's no Edinburgh's Scotland, man, it's not England, it's definitely Scotland. I will prove to you now how Edinburgh is England. If you order a fish supper, not only will you get one bit of fish so alarm bells are ringing, already it's a 50-50 swing, if you are English or not, you get one bit of fish, right? And if that isn't enough to prove that Edinburgh is England, they will follow up with this question. Is it haddock or cod? What? It's a fish supper, can Yes, but is it haddock or cod? If you are in a chip shop, the, now put the, the salt and sauce thing aside right because I, i've got an unbiased opinion on that i am a, i would put brown sauce on everything roast dinner brown sauce cornflakes brown sauce i'll put brown sauce on anything it's, it's god sauce it's the greatest sauce ever so a vinegary watered version of brown sauce yes please i'm taking that right it's the only thing i will take for the for the east and bring west is salt and sauce the only thing if you go to any chip shop and the rest is called any chip shop and you say to that man or that woman or that non-binary little person who's behind the till, who's got wee burnt hands and covered in grease you say to them can I get a fish supper they will say to you some vinegar because a fish supper is a fish supper it's just a fish right I don't care if it's haddock cod you know Fucking place. Ling Ling. Fucking. (laughs) I don't care. It's just fish and batter. So if you go to your chippy and you ask for a fish supper. And you get a fish supper. You're in a Scottish chippy. If you go to a chippy and you ask for a fish supper. And they say cod or haddock. Or give you an option to to some other. They even have salmon. They've got salmon in this fish. What the fuck? Salmon in a chippy. Are you kidding me on? You're in a posh. English bastard, chippy. No, we had it. it was lovely. Uh, one thing I will say, I, I don't know who's portioning up the chips, but they're, uh, they're a little they're a little chip portion. Uh, my 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 wonderful missus responded. It was just enough chips to have with the fish. Now th- the problem with that statement is the word "just." If I'm having a fish supper, I don't want just enough chips. I want a disgusting amount of chips. I want to have enough chips left over that I can possibly have a piece of chips for my dessert. That's what I want. Fish market, uh, you know, Edinburgh. Hi, listen. It was tasty. Tasty. You know, but uh, certainly not the, uh, the fish nirvana that you make yourselves out to be. But if, if you ever are, uh, in Edinburgh then I suggest uh, you check out the fish market there, there's an archip I'll, I'll give you this I'll give you this right food reviews for Gibbo this is the this thing that maybe needs to start next year if we ever allowed out again I can earn money that I can fucking feed my face Dolphins chip shop in Leith Uh, go along check it out alright alright food I'll say that alright food Uh, you know not amazing definitely not shite All right, food but it's an Italian family that that run it Scottish Italian family and they're amazing they're a set of Russian dolls they all look as if they could fit inside the the, the mum and dad they're amazing and they just shout and scream at each other it's absolutely fantastic so if you're ever looking for a a dinner and a show in Edinburgh you can't afford the (laughs) ticket to theatre and you're wanting something a bit more a bit more a bit more ethnic a bit more real a bit more uh, virile, uh, than Dolphins Chip Shop in Leith. Just go in. Uh, they've usually got the football. bone, And just, uh, just make an order and then stand and wait for it to be made. It's all made fresh, you know. They're good eggs. And uh, enjoy the show as an angry Italian-Scottish family uh, fight it out in front of you. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It really is wonderful. Right, let's uh, let's look at some news, items, Shall we? This this little thing caught my eye this morning. Um, headline reads: All blue-eyed people are related to one ancestor who lived six thousand years ago. Now, as a blue-eyed boy myself, interested um, to find it. You know how 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 is this possible? Are they saying that? If, so what they're, what they're claiming here? Without reading this, the article. Is that if every single person on the fucking planet with blue eyes is, is can trace their ancestry back to, to one person, so we're all related. So are you telling me that if you if you've got blue eyes and you're shagging somebody with blue eyes, that that's incest? Is that what you're saying? Does that mean the world's full of Ayrshire people? Huh? Eh? What colour your eyes, sweetheart? Blue. In the name of God, we're brother and sister. Don't let that stop us. Get us to what Aishe sure would have wanted. Um, there are many varying characteristics that make a person unique, from their hair colour to their height, their skin colour to their shoe size. Does the size of your shoe make you unique? Am I uh, focusing too much on the word unique here? As a gentleman who has a, a size 12 shoe, uh, can I just stay, 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 stay now. Can I just say that um, getting getting shoes has always been an odd deal for me. Always been an odd deal. Um, many a shoe shop, uh, particularly JD Sports uh, or JJB or JJB, however you say it, whenever it, when it was around, uh, made me feel like a, like a monster, like a freak, you know? Young boy. I think from the age of 12, 11 or 12, maybe even younger, I was a, I was a size 12 shoe. You know. He used to go into these uh, sports shops and say, excuse me, do you have that at 12? They'd be like, you're taking a piss, son. Yes, I am. I'm t- yes, I'm taking a piss. This is an, an elaborate prank where my friends and I uh, have dared each other to go into a shoe shop and ask for a size 12 shoe. I th- do you know what? I think that's for my love affection where america began through through shoes i used to often think i wish i lived in america so i could get to a shop and buy a size 12 pair of shoes without anybody giving me any fucking snash. i so many times I used to bring back a single box covered in dust you know, any black. We never thought in our wildest days we'd ever see somebody buy a size twelve shoe. I'm going. I'm not. I'm not a freak, man. There's people look there with big, big shoes, big feet. Does that make me unique? I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, and yet, there's one char- characteristic that people give who share it. Well, read that again, Scott. And yet, there's one character char- characteristic. Why can I not say that word? That gives people who share it a lot more in common than you might think. A tail. I would say if you have a tail that's unique, uh, rather than shoe size or eyesight. Just my opinion, not a scientist, comedian, and podcaster. But I would say if two people have a tail and two people have blue eyes, who are you going to think is more unique? Exactly, they can't be a tail. Caught in this news article, everyone who has blue eyes originally shared a common ancestor between 6,000 and 10,000 years ago. Stop right there. Here's my problem with science the timelines. 6,000 to 10,000 is a big gap. That's 4,000 years. That's almost your original statement. That's 4,000 years of a difference. That's my problem with science. How long ago did this happen? six thousand years oh my god that's great six thousand so we can pinpoint that to six thousand years we can look through all the ancestry and try and. it might be up it might be even ten thousand you just said six thousand yeah it might be six to ten thousand that's that's almost an increase of a hundred percent ah well you know but it's science man you know it could could be in ten put it this way in four thousand years the fucking planet will not exist We'll all be in Mars. I mean, we'll no be in Mars. We'll be doing a pit. We'll be dead. If you're listening to this, I don't I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but if you're listening to this podcast, in 4,000 years, you'll be dead. I'm sorry to have to break that to you, but you will be. You'll be dead. Everyone you love will be dead. But, you know, your ancestors with the blue eyes and their tails, they'll be living in Mars. If they're rich, they might not be. They they probably, likelihood is, they'll be, they'll be doing some kind of sulfur mine. Digging it copper for Elon Musk and his fucking great grandchildren to, uh, you know, have a party on Mars, because that's what's happening, right? That's what the rich are, the rich are going grant to space. They used to buy islands and they have sex with children on it. Now they're bored of that, and they're they're fucking going to Mars. Back to this, back to the story. Of course, uh, we know that blue eyes are much rarer than brown eyes. Really, that has, that has shocked me. That has shocked me, dear listener. Blue eyes are much rarer than brown eyes. Is that true? Surely, known in this part of the world. Maybe, maybe like if I was a a blue eye boy in, in dare I say, uh, Indonesia or, or parts of uh, southern Africa, people might go, fuck me, you can't get blue eyes. I, I always thought that green eyes were the rarest of all the eyes. Or is that just because I've been watching Big Trouble in Little China? I do not know now there comes a point where pop culture uh, in- infects the mind and you start to think that that is the decision making process you've came across. You know? If you were on some kind of game show, panel show, what is the rarest colour of eye in the, the known human verse? You'd be like, eh, green eyes. you like, no, it's blue. You'd like, no, according to big trouble in little China, isn't he? Great film. Um, We know that blue eyes are much greater than greener, eh, brown eyes, sorry, and now it all makes sense after scientists revealed that the genetic mutation, a mutation, came from a singular human being all those years ago. Researchers have tried desperately, desperately, to get to the bottom of the eye colour studying the OCA2 gene, which determines the level of brown pigment in the human eye. For many years, uh, but they never found the answers they were looking for. Never. Uh it turns out the genetic mutation that results in blue eyes is from an entirely different gene called H E R C two. Ah see, what's happened is we've been looking at the OCA2 when we should have been looking at the H E R C two. A common a common scientific schoolboy. <laughs> oh isn't science funny? Eh? Aren't scientists just funny little legs? Well, do you know what's happened, guys? Is we've actually been looking at the OCA squared gene for all these years when we should have been looking at the HERC2 gene. Oh my god. Right. Get the monkeys back in the cage. Get them spoken to the Benson Hedges. We start again, boys. <laughs> Fucking moron. Uh, how do they know uh, that it all links back to a common ancestor good question yeah news article I like like an article that asks itself a question and then goes on to answer it because every single blue eyed person has the exact same mutation exact same mutation I thought your eyeball I thought everybody's eye was different do they mean mutation as in blue the blue bit fuck knows although there's still an awful lot more research needs to be done guys We've got COVID, right? COVID's happening. I don't know if anybody's told the scientific community this. COVID's happening, right? People are still dying of cancer. People are starving. People can't get clean water. Somebody needs to get a hold of these fucking scientists. Somebody needs to get into this, this lab, whatever these fuckers are. Oh, dickhead, what are you working on? Uh, I'm working on the Herc2 square gene, right? Is that with COVID? No, that's to find out uh, where everybody with blue eyes come from. Put the fucking monkey down and get on the COVID trials. Where, where, what are scientists up to? Uh, it's thought that the mutation could have spread when humans migrated. I mean, don't be using words like mutation and spread in articles in today's, you know, come on. Uh, human migrate migrated from Africa to Europe which would go some way to explaining why only people from European descent have blue eyes. There you go. Did I not say that a minute ago? I mean, I could be a bloody scientist. The discovery was actually made back in 2008. Who cares? a research team from the University of Copenhagen. Who cares? Initially tracked down the mutation. Who cares? Professor Hans Eiberg, Author of the study from the Department of Cellular and Molecular Medicine said, uh, as per Science Daily, there's a magazine we should all be reading. Originally, we have all had brown eyes, but a genetic mutation affecting the OCA2 gene in our chromosomes resulted in the creation of a switch which literally turned off the ability to produce brown eyes. Meanwhile, people who have green eyes can be explained by the fact they have a reduced amount of melon in the iris, uh, whether that be gala or um, water, which is very different to those with blue eyes. Um, From this, we can conclude that all blue-eyed individuals are linked to the same ancestor. They have all inherited the same switch at exactly the same point in their DNA. Fortunately, mutation as regardless, you know, negative or positive. Unless you have strong feelings about the eye colour. Right, so, uh, surely the next step is to fucking trace it back. To find out who her dad is. Eh? Huh? Find out who the first blue-eyed boy is in, in the world. Surely that needs to be the, the next step for science. No? Am I, am I wrong here? I bet he was alright shagger, man. You're telling me you've every woman in the village, you know, in the cave... Staring at all these brown-eyed bastards for years, and then suddenly it pops this blue-eyed baby. grows up to be a right handsome bastard. In the name of God, man, you know, I'd be fucking fighting them off with a stick. Who is the first blue-eyed, blue-eyed person that needs to be? Uh, that needs to be, uh, you know, next. That's the next Bond film, Bond tracks down the uh, the blue-eyed ancestor. <laughs> of, or maybe Cut Russell comes back for Big Trouble in Little China Big fucking Big Trouble in Wuhan Mark II pulls in the Mack truck and he's like we need to go back in time to find the first blue eyes guy with blue hair he- I mean this is oh, somebody write this down, man Big Trouble in Wuhan Cut Russell goes back in time to find the first ancestor with blue eyes and kill him there's the movie get it done somebody make it Who is buying a Christmas tree the week before Christmas? I was in the car yesterday. I had to go to the Super and, um, I, dro- I actually drove past two places. They, they tend to pop up Christmas time. Uh, they may be a travel family. Uh, I don't know. They may just be young entrepreneurs. Will it be in Edinburgh? They could be hipsters. I don't know. Um, but you'll see them in the corners or in kind of waste ground or a car park. It's people selling Christmas trees, right? Obviously, they pop at Christmas. It would be weird if they popped up at Easter. But who in the name of fuck is still buying a Christmas tree three days before Christmas? Who who's doing that? Who's sitting? Who's sitting in their house at Christmas and going? Presents. Got the food in. It's like the tur- the turkey's brining. Because Nigella says you need to put it in a bucket. It's got to be brine for a few weeks. You know? Listen, I know. Look. Nigella's getting a bit of heat with her whole micro-Wave statements, right? See if you don't think that that woman is taking the piss. I, I can't do for you. The, there's a... The woman has got nae na fear, right? She's got no fear. She's escaped. Her first husband died. The second one, uh, you know, like to choke her in public. The, the woman's got no fear, Right? She's been doing that show forever. She's trapped in somebody else's kitchen and she's making shite dinners. She's not even cooking anywhere, right? She's boiling pasta and she's rattling a bit of pesto in it and making it a fancy name. She's given up in life. Let her go, okay? The only bit of fun she's got left is calling things funny names, right? Like the Mikro No, listen, don't tell me you have all been saying Mikro since you heard her say it because it sounds good, you know? Rolls off the tongue. Pop that in the microwave, two and a half minutes. So there you go. So let's all get off Nigeria's back. Although, when it comes to brining a turkey, chicken fuck off. Who amongst us has got the time, the energy or a bucket big enough to fucking rattle a turkey in it for a week and a half? No. I mean, I've had some stupendous Christmas dinners over the years. Not once have I said, uh, how long have you brined the beast for? You know, nobody's went and gone have a bath on Christmas morning and they went, "Mom, the fucking turkey's brining in the bath. What does brining do anyway? Make it more moist and succulent? Just fucking drown the cunt in gravy, man. That's what gravy's for. To make your bird tasty. But who is buying a Christmas tree? That that long? That, sorry, short of time, that, that close to Christmas? Who Who's waking up on the 23rd, like today, and going... In the name of God, Sandra, we don't got a fucking tree. And you I forgot something. And what happens with all these trees that don't get don't get sold, you know? Do the elves come and collect it? Do they chop it for firewood? Can you use a Christmas tree for firewood? You know? I I had a, a real tree twice and uh pointless. Utterly pointless. What a mess. What a fucking mess it makes. You've got to go and get the bastard, you've got to get it in the motor, makes a mess in the motor, you've got to get it in the house, getting up in the stand, you I mean you've got to buy the stand for a start, and then when you're done, you've got to get rid of the fucking thing. It's dead. It's it's pointless. Horrendous. Just get yourself a fake tree, a good fake tree, uh stick it in a loft and get it back out again. You know? When did when did the whole Christmas tree thing start? I mean, are sitting in front of a computer. This is the power of Google, man. When did we start? 16th century. 16th century is when we started having Christmas trees in. Uh, partly Germany. Germany is credited for start. Let's just look at this. Let's just click on this article here. Right, let's just let's just click on this article here. Do I accept these cookies? I accept away, History Channel. the The history of the Christmas tree goes back to the symbolic use of evergreens in ancient Egypt and Rome. What? How are the ancient Egypt's, ancient Egyptians, getting fucking Christmas trees? The history of Christmas trees goes back to the symbolic use of evergreens in ancient Egypt and Rome and continues with the German tradition of Kandelicht. Christmas trees first brought to America in the 1800s. Discover the history of Christmas trees. That's what I'm trying to do. How did the Christmas tree start? Long before the advent of Christianity. Plants and trees that remained green all year had a special meaning for people in the winter. Uh, Just as people today decorate their homes during the festive season with pine, spruce and fir trees. Ancient peoples hung evergreens bows over their doors and windows. In many countries, uh, it was believed that evergreens would keep away witches, ghosts, evil spirits and illness. Maybe we all need to start hanging fucking Christmas trees for the house to keep COVID away. Eh? Good enough for the ancient Germanic people? good enough for us the government's telling you now to open your windows and fucking blow away the covid particles that's a new one we never had that for the start we just had wear a mask wash your hands wash your arsehole no you've got to fucking blow covid particles away which would imply that even in your own home there are covid particles that can kill you again more fear mongering buy toilet paper stock up In the Northern Hemisphere, which is where you live, the shortest day and longest day of the year falls on December 1st or December 22nd it's called the Winter Solstice. Many Asian people believe that the sun was a god and that winter came every year because the sun god had become sick and weak. (laughs) Weren't people, fucking idiots, back in the day. They celebrated the solstice because it meant that this is fucking bullshit, right, blah, 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 when did the trees come? Here we go. Uh, christmas trees germany is credited with starting the christmas tree tradition as we know it in the 16th century when devout christians brought decorated trees into their homes and ah, the fucking christians some built christmas pyramids of wood assholes and decorated them with evergreens and candles um if wood was scarce it is widely held belief that Martin Luther, the sixteenth century Protestant reformer, first added lighted candles to a tree. So the Christian the German Christians bring a tree and then the fucking proddies put the lights on. So if you are sitting in your house today and you have got lights on your Christmas tree or lights in your house, you need to get down to your nearest Masonic Lodge and thank the orange Lodge for bringing light Christmas lights in here. God bless the orangemen of the world for bringing Christmas lights. Into the I, I have often, many a man has asked in Glasgow, when they've looked at a Christmas tree, uh, they may have had a few Christmas sherries in them, and they've turned to the other half and they've said, The angular tree. As a Catholic or a Protestant? And now, now, thanks to this podcast, we've got to the bottom of the answer. If your tree has lights, it's a Protestant tree, and if your tree has no lights, it's a Catholic tree. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, History Channel, for bringing this knowledge to us. Um, first, I'd like to count. walking towards his home one winter evening, composing a sermon. Yeah, a good eh? Always switched on. Walking towards the house and he's like, I wonder what I can tell the brothers and sisters at the lodge. I shall compose a sermon. Uh, he, was, uh, he was awed by the brilliance of stars twinkling amidst evergreens uh, in the Protestant sky. Uh, to recapture the scene for his family, he erected a tree in the main room and wired its branches with lighted candles. There you go. There you go. Eh? Off on another tangent. But thank God we did. Um, so, you know, go out there. Rescue a tree, man. Eh? If you drive past these places, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, I might put a couple of Christmas trees in the garden. Maybe plant one in the back. Keep it alive. Grow all your run. Go and get it. I mean, I don't, how many people... I, I always associated real trees with posh cunts when I was young. You know, and I did feel kind of... I felt quite uncomfortable the first time I had a real tree because I thought, this isn't me, man. This isn't any, a reflection on who I am. But at the time, I was with somebody who was trying to live a lie. Wanted to be middle class. You don't... I always remember, and I, I have not been able to find them. I don't know if they they are not made for legal reasons. I imagine there's a health and safety, uh, a, a fire uh, issue with them. But remember the, the really horrible kind of... Garlands, is that what you call them? That like they were they were kinda made out of you know like when you when you make paper men? And you make like a wee a wee garland, we paper men, you cut it out? It was like that, but it was like really horrible colours and just tinsel everywhere. I always remember my granny says so just rows and rows of tinsel. You know, Well, now now everybody's Christmas is all it's all fucking cussed Allsop all and you know, all colour palettes and fucking dream boards and fuck it's all that shit listen see this year the christmas colours are going to be gold right not a yellow gold or oh, like a like a like a kind of muted gold and a persian red all right so that's the colours that your mum's going for this year all right so if you see anything about that persian red or a muted gold let me know okay um because we're going to decorate the tree like that and then everybody's got, you know, a theme. Just get back to. Can Christmas not just be tacky? That needs to be the next thing. I know we had the campaign to, like, make Halloween scary again and, and reclaim Halloween from the sluts of the world. Can we make Christmas tacky again? Can we get lots of shit tinsel and shit decorations and. I've got, I've, we've got a tree. up. We put a tree up in the fucking middle of November, right? Because we're both suffering from mental health, and we have there is not a branch in my tree that doesn't have a fucking bobble on it, right? We've gone bobble heavy this year. Um, I've got a noodle box. I've got a food truck. Uh, I've got a pie. I've got a donut. All sorts, right? And and when we've we've bought them over the years, and uh, the plan is we'll, we'll continue will continue buy more. And then we'll get them away uh, you know, if I have children or, or the Doug's, right? Or my nieces. And, uh, but sometimes I sit and I look at it and I go, that's probably about a fucking 200 pound worth of bubbles in this tree. You know, it's not really a tacky Christmas anymore, is it? So can we, can we start a national campaign to move Christmas back to being tacky again? Right, let's, let's stop this colour palettes and, and themes and buying 50 rolls of the one paper because God forbid you were to wrap two presents for somebody in different wrapping paper. God forbid. You're not going to believe this, Franco. I've ran out of the muted fucking gold wrapping paper. I can't handle it. I'll just go back down the shops center and get you another roll of that muted gold wrapping paper. No, Franco, they're sold out. I had to buy them online for John Lewis. It was 62 pounds a roll, Franco. Don't shout at me, Franco. I need everybody to think we're the greatest family and we're having a magical Christmas. I can't sleep at night thinking that somebody's gonna look at one of my gifts and go, that fucking bitch wrapped it in two different papers. I can't sleep at night, Franco. Let's make Christmas tacky again, bring back, the shit lights, bring back, the aggressive, scratchy, violent tinsel, bring it back man, anything that's a health hazard, anything that's a fire hazard, bring it back, garden ornaments, bring it back, and I don't mean, choreographed, light displays for your house, I mean, shit tacky fucking Christmas bring it back and while we're on this subject remember the things used to get the truckers would put in their dashboard and it'd be a wee fat guy and you'd squeeze a pump and he'd drop his drawers and expose his arse let's bring that back bring them back as well I don't know what they're called but I loved them as a went fucking loved them a wee fat guy on a dashboard and you push a pump and he drops his ass and minis you what a world we lived in bring it back make Christmas tacky again, curse the allsop, fucking escape to the chateau, get them on the fucking bin, make Christmas tacky again, Christmas 2021, I want to see your houses covered in tinsel, covered, three bar fire on, the house covered in tinsel, If, if a fucking spark was to come off, the whole street would go up, that's the Christmas we want, make Christmas tacky again, again <laughs> i got a question here um, from Carly White which I never got a chance to answer uh, on the Patreon episode uh, on Sunday so we'll do that now again if you are if you're not part of the, the Patreon then uh, sign up support the show best way to, to support the podcast it's the only way to access all of the content and um, episodes come out every Wednesday uh patreon episode uh the Sunday service comes out every single Sunday now uh you also get access to the comedy albums and some future work bloody de blah, 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 blah. Uh, sign up for 86pence a week five dollars a month um is the smallest tier. and uh well, what else to say man you know in a, in a world uh, in a time when we've all been struggling uh you know we can get out there and do the comedy uh hi Become a Patreon. Support the show, man. And uh, treat yourself, you know. There's uh, there's thirty-eight extra episodes on there for the Patreonists. so so sign up now. Patreon.com forward slash Big Gibson or go to the website uh and uh and fucking sign up, man. So Carly has asked um a question that's very highbrow, which is the reason why I thought I'd save it for today. Carly has asked, have you ever farted ...and followed through? Carly, thank you for your question. Um, very, very insightful. Have you ever farted and followed through? Now, I would say... ...that if you are a grown man or woman... Uh, ...and you have lived... ...a life of... ...let's say, if you, if you are past the age of 28... ...man or woman... ...and at some point in your life... ...you have not farted and followed through... I would put it to you, sir, stroke madam. You have not lived. You have not lived. I would think that most of us uh, in our life have indeed farted and followed through. Now, it's, it's the extent of the follow through that then becomes the question. You know? Are we classing this as a watery fart that's gone too far? Or are we classing this as a full... A full key, a full totally, you know, a fully formed uh <laughs> member of the family emerging unwanted in the in the trousers department. What are we classing this as? Because I think if it is a if it's a fat follow through to to just to a, you know a watery mess, a, a, if you like uh are what they called? A warning shot. A warning shot. I think most of us have experienced that in our life. You know, when you've, you've maybe got, this is going to be disgusting, that's not, I hope nobody's eating a dinner now, you've maybe gone to the bathroom, and you've gone, oh, I'm just going to nip in for a pee here, and then you've went, I'm bummed, I may just have to, oh, well, you wipe just to make sure something oh, actually bum here, and then you wipe your arse, and you go, in the name of God, it's an heart attack, and then you sit there and do what you can, you know, maybe your ass. sometimes the brain misfires, you know, sometimes you maybe think, do I need a shite? And then you go, no I don't, but your ass is like, you need it for the love of God, you need a shite man, we've got a full load on deck. So, you know, the first time you go for a wee fart, the commander in chief in your ass is like, fire out some gravy, it's like, no gaffer, we've been telling you, shite, lad. fire out some gravy, a warning shot. And you fire a bit out and you go, oh my God, I thought I shot myself there. And then that's how your body, co- <laughs> how your body communicates with you, it's very much like batteries not included. A great film, if you've not seen it. Your body is uh, controlled by a lot of tiny robots live inside you. Uh, that's why Bill Gates wants to give you his vaccine so he can control those robots and make you do things uh, like buying Microsoft instead of Apple. So all these wee robots that live inside your body uh, control your body. And sometimes the uh, the robots fight. You know, it's like a soap opera. They, they don't all get along. There's, there's tens of millions of them. You know, it's a whole uh, ecosystem lives inside there. And uh, sometimes your brain's like that. Uh, we need a shout and your is, you know, like no, no, you don't. So they just throw a bit, of, bit of <laughs> a gravy in What are we talking about? Anyway, have I my the question? Have I uh, ever farted and followed through? Y- yes, is the answer. Um, on many occasions, not many occasions, as in like, you know, it's a, it's a weekly occurrence. But there's certainly been enough times I can remember it. Uh, one in particular, um, I, I farted, uh, <laughs> I farted recently, and uh, a, a small, uh, but contained gravy bomb. Had gone off in the uh, in the in the box. <laughs> Can we start referring to it as a gravy bomb? I think that's a good terminology for um, a, a a slight follow through, not a full follow through where you now have a steaming turd in your drawers. Just a just a you know just a if you farted and a, a gravy bomb has gone off, creating a, a Banksy in your asshole. <laughs> A bank saying in my drawers. No, if you if you don't want to see a gravy bomb, you can say there's a bank. There's a bank say at my back door. Simply say that. You know, if you if you're at a, <laughs> if you're at if you're at a dinner party, uh, you know a a well a well to do event or a function. You're at a function. Okay, you're at a, a reopening of a restaurant. You're at, you're at a, a grand opening of a restaurant. You're at a, a, a function. Uh, a, a black tie event and you're with your partner, your other half, you know, and uh, you're sipping on a, a cocktail, or a gin and tonic, and then the turn to you and say, are you alright? And you go, and you go, are you okay? And you say, uh, a gravy bomb has just gone off. Now, they, now, again, that may not be the case, so you could say, for example, there's a bank seat at my back door, and that will be code, for, you've shot, not a full shit, um, just a, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a little bit <laughs> A little bit. He farted and followed through. Basically, right? There's a Banksy at my back door. I think that could take off. I think when you're when you're amongst the lads, you could say, "Oh no!" They go, "You're right." I "A fucking gravy bomb." Th- that the the uh, the phrase a gravy bomb pa- paints the picture beautifully in the mind as to what you're dealing with. You know, well, you don't have to say shit. You don't have to say poo. You don't have to say it. you don't have to say a farted to follow through. You just have to say a gravy bomb has gone off, and and people will know. And like I said, if you if you are in company, uh, then simply refer to it as a a, a banks at the back door. Now, I I've had a, I've had a, a gravy bomb go off, and I've had a banks at the back door a few times. Uh, I don't know if it's my age. I don't know if it's my diet. Uh, I don't know if my arsehole is is uh, loosening uh, <laughs> as I get older. But uh, you know, I have, I have, uh, as most of us, I have farted, and uh, you know, felt in the name of God, um, that's that's a watery one. But again, sometimes a watery fart is is no inclination that uh, there's a gravy bomb has gone off. You know, my missus uh, did a fart not that long ago. It sounded like she was farting into soup. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it. But uh, I don't assume a gravy bomb had gone off uh, because you know she never said there's a bank at my back door. So. You can never be too sure of these things. Um, one occasion springs to mind. I was young. I was young. Uh, I want to say 14. Could have been 23. No, I was 14, right? Maybe 15. 14, probably. And it was a summer's day. I'll never forget A beautiful summer's day. And I was walking from my house uh, in Renfrew, Matthew and Road, um, to Arkelston where I hung boot as a young lad and we got to play football at the uh, King George V playing fields God bless King George and his love of the playing field and uh, I, walking with friends uh, I remember I had uh, a football strip on which consisted of a, a Real Madrid uh, away top and a pair of white uh, Manchester United shorts mix and match uh, I know never forget it because it was, it was the white shots that threw me, and I had a, a kind of I believe a, a we may call it a fleece top with me as well in case you're playing for longer. Uh, it gets dark, it may it cold. You know you never tell with the Scottish winters, or you need a robust goalpost. So a large uh, fleece jumper, uh, stroke sweatshirt thing was brought with me, and uh, I, I don't I, I don't think I had been feeling ill. Um, I don't know if it was around the time I had uh, salmonella food poisoning as well when I was younger from a dodgy sausage. Uh, I don't think it was around about that time, but I think my my wee immune system may have been you know a bit tickety boo. And I'll never forget it. I I tried to as you're young you do you do silly things with your body and I had been I'd been farting. Now I didn't know at the time. ...that the, uh, the little robots inside my arse ...were trying to fire off a flare gun... ...they were trying to warn me... ...of impending doom... ...you know... ...I, I didn't... ...I didn't realise... ...at the time... ...that the farts were telling me... ...there's a potential banks at the back door... ...I did not know... ...I did not know... ...I thought it was just a normal fart... ...I didn't know... ...my body was screaming... ...there's a potential... ...grenade... <laughs> ...there's a potential gravy bomb ready to go off here. So I I jumped uh I jumped off a curb. I'll never forget this. Uh I jumped off a curb and did uh what I believe you would describe as a spinner rooney. Now my logic for it at the time was I was trying to jump and spin uh whilst farting. Now hear me out. jump and spin whilst farting in order to create some kind of uh like fart cyclone. The, the object being that, as you go along, as a young chap, and possibly women, you know, we, we often think that women don't like toilet humour. They do. Women fart. Women fart on each other, you know. Women, just like men, women have farted, asked her friend, do you want a cupcake? She's went, what? And then a big hand of fart guff is pushed on her face. Women do that as well. Don't think that they're dainty creatures having tea parties and make makeup. Women are sitting about. Being disgusting, farting each other, showing them their tits. Women are just as disgusting as us. So I've been walking with my friends. I believe at the time I had one either side of me and I thought I could do a kind of Super Mario bus forward, uh, fart creating a, 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 a crop dust cloud and then they which will walk through or I've tried a unique uh, kind of spin-a-rooney where I've jumped off the curb, spanned 360 degrees whilst farting Uh, in order to create that fart cyclone that I was previously discussing. I have jumped. uh, Beautiful technique uh, from the knee, uh, power through the ankle, and uh, span in the air, 300... It may have been a 720, you know. It was a a beautiful, uh, beautiful spin. And as the spin reaches the apex, if you will, on the uh, the cyclone, on the uh, revolution... The 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 fart w- was commenced, and the uh, the fart would would obviously spread w- with the with the spin; hence, uh, you know, sp- spreading the uh, the smell uh, forthwith across the uh, propulsion rate of this. So, really, when you think about it, not only is it uh, beautiful to look at, uh, technically it's very sound. But uh, sadly, what what's happened is I have uh, you know. In my naivete, refused to accept the the warning shots that have been sent from the uh, the ass robots uh, in the previous farts leading up to the cyclone. And as I have uh, descended on the 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 fart cyclone, uh, I have come down, and the the force of the uh, you know re hitting the surface has uh, caused a uh, what you can only describe as a full evacuation. Of the uh, of the, the the lower intestine. Now, at the time, there wasn't a lot on deck, but there was enough to cause uh, extreme, uh, you know, uh, embarrassment. Now, it was an instant reaction. I remember, I remember <laughs> coming off the curb. Uh, beautiful textbook uh, knee into the chest, one knee pull in tight, in uh, order you to begin the the spin the revolution. Commenced uh, commenced commence fart, uh, blow off thruster. Very pleased myself, uh, you know. Could see the reaction mid mid flight, and I thought this is this is gonna this is gonna live on in folklore for years. In our fifties and sixties, when we're sitting in the pub, we will we will remember this day. You know, we'll we'll hop back. Remember that time you did that fart cyclone gibbet. We will talk about this day for years to come. But like, like many events in our life, you never know what is round the corner. And if anything has taught us this year, it's we do not know what is round the corner. I should have been more prepared for COVID when it happened because I'd lived through this experience. You just do not know what is round the corner. And when I landed, the force, the shock of the pavement hitting my shoes caused a full evacuation now it may have been the arse robots thought that that force was me hitting the pan i do not know they may have just been at their wits end and thought we need to clear the chamber but it was a full evacuation now on a scale of one to ten one being full water and ten being solid as a rock i'd say what evacuated on that day was a four and a half (laughs) <laughs> if you imagine the inside of a chocolate lava cake that's what we're dealing with now i managed to style it out i think the uh i think the smell was of such a level that they uh they believed i had just created the world's smelliest fart my back was turned to them uh they had no idea what was happening and uh we continued on our way. Now I-, I walked for what felt like miles. It may have been a few feet, uh, with the contents of my stomach now inside my boxers. Thankfully at the time, I believe it was a boxer brief. So there was a there was a seal around the leg, uh, and it was very much contained, like a human uh a nappy, if you will, an adult nappy, uh contained in there. Uh enough of it that I was aware of its presence, not enough that it was causing uh too many issues at that point with containment uh i then made my excuses uh i believe i faked a text message now this is at a time when mobile phones were just coming out as well so when you got a text you know it was usually from your your parents because you didn't text each other as friends because you were with your friends right so when a text came in it was important and I believe I faked a text message from my mother, and I I, I annexed the group. I left the group, and uh, for some reason I decided to go to the Arkelston Bridge, um, which was close to where I was at the time. And in- instead of just going home, it's a summer's day; the house would have been empty. My mother was at work. I thought it was uh, it was appropriate to go and investigate the uh, the true nature of the destruction that was currently contained in my uh, in my shots. Uh, I think the logic being that I thought if it's not that bad, I can still go and play football because when you're young, you just want to play. You just want to be outside with your pals, you know. You just want to be, you just want to run naked through a wheat field, you know, as young children do. And when I got to the uh, when I got to the um, the bridge, uh, I went underneath it like some kind of troll. And uh, uh, proceed to uh, expose myself to the elements. Now, when I removed, uh, if anybody, if if anybody has ever, if anybody's ever shot themselves, you'll know that the uh, the biggest problem being uh, the initial removal of the garments, uh, because it's quite a mess. It's it's unpleasant. You're normally alone. I would hope. Um, I, I removed the shots. Quickly realized that the uh, sadly the the boxers had done uh, very little uh, to contain. Uh, uh, the 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 uh, let's say seepage, and uh, uh, a slight colour uh, variant had now occurred on the uh, the back end of the white shots. Uh, why I had to have white shots on that fateful day, I do not know. Um, but the the I made an executive decision. Uh, at the point to say that the boxers could not be saved. Uh, sadly, they they were lost in battle. Uh, I I I didn't dare take a, a risk at throwing them. I thought the the wind may change. It could come back on me. Uh, they were simply placed delicately uh, in a small divot in the grass and, and left for, you know, either a homeless man or a fox to find and uh, then proceeded to, to put the shorts back on, uh, which were not, uh, they, they no longer contained any gravy bomb, but they certainly, uh, uh, they were they were warm, you know, they were warm. And uh, I turned my uh, my fleece inside out, I tied it around my waist and then began the walk of shame home came home and by the time i got home uh and got showered and get changed i thought you know best not to best not to go back that day now the only good thing to come from that is uh, until i told them many years later none of my friends knew that i'd shot myself none of them not one they never even had an inclination not one um so although i i lived and experienced the horror myself i uh i feel as though uh, I survived the ordeal. Um, but yeah, nobody, nobody suspected a thing. I wonder what happened to the boxers. I wonder what happened to them. But uh, do not be ashamed of uh, the old banks at the back door. It happens to the best of us, you know. We're all human. It's just a bodily function. So if it does happen to you in the future, simply, simply remove the undergarment and get home as fast as you can. <laughs> Carly great question uh, have you yourself ever a follow through hey get in touch contact the show answers on a postcard why not right team that's us for another episode uh, just look at the notes here what have I got tier 4 movies the rich are still rich we'll talk about this in the next episode Thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you do enjoy the podcast, please do support the show. Consider becoming our Patreon. Uh, it's the only way to access all of the extra content. Every single week, an extra episode goes out to all the patrons, only on Patreon. So sign up now if you want to get every single episode. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. As you're listening to this, tonight, we're Wednesday, 23rd of December, I'm doing the Big Mad Christmas Quiz, a two-hour quiz special on Facebook, kick-off, 8.30pm. Join me on Facebook for that. It's going to be a good night. Scott Gibson Comedy on Facebook. If you don't already like the page, do that. Go to the website, bigscottgibson.com. Follow the links to all the socials. Follow it, subscribe, like it, sign up, do all that stuff. Share the podcast, spread the wealth. Have an amazing Christmas when it comes. Enjoy yourself. Stuff your face with pigs and blankets. Be kind to each other. And I will speak to you all uh, very soon. Take care. Wash your hands and your arsehole. Say a wee prayer to the God you believe in. And hopefully very, very soon, I will see you on a battlefield. Onwards.